Good morning. 739 here on News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Mayor DC Reeves joins us at this time every Wednesday. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the show, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great. So, um, according to my social media feed, the city of Pensacola intends, depending on which version of this you get, to either tear down all of the existing border wall on Cervantes and completely redo it the way maybe it used to be, or I'm not quite sure, or we are going to build a brand new border fencing all the way from E all the way over to Bayou Tahar, and the whole stretch of it from Mobile Highway to the water east is all going to be chicanes and narrowed and lowered speed limit and border fencing because that's the goal of the city. Um, I don't think those are probably right, but you tell me what the actual story here is. Uh, it's a good example of uh, what I've learned in 15 months, which is not everybody reads everything that they share. Um, <laughs> and and so, which really pertains to a lots of topics that we, we discuss at the city. I and I know we're all, we got busy lives. You know, this is all, this is my job. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, absolutely not. And as a matter of fact, you know, we tried to miss bust this. Uh, understand what we're asking for from council is, a, is basically a letter of support to go get a to go get grant money. Um, now that has nothing to do with what happened before. I wasn't part of that before. That was an FDOT project. We, obviously, well documented. All of that. Uh, this is not us tearing that out. It's not us extending it. This is our own city of Pensacola grant ask to make it uh, a more pedestrian friendly to make some incremental changes to do so. And it's also incremental, and in, in, you may look at it and say, okay, Mayor, you, you asked me to read it. I read it. Why don't you do the entire thing? Well, this grant funding is tied to certain census tracts, as an example. Like, it won't be – if we did the entire thing, we would fall out of qualification for the grant. So, so what, we're, what we're really doing is we're trying to be opportunistic. Now, we can decide to fund ourselves or, or work with FDOT to fund the, the remaining portions, but that's why you may look at it and say, well, why is it these intermittent – you know, parts of Cervantes and all of that. You just have to look at it through the lens that what we're doing is we're trying to go get 0% match, you know, millions of dollars to go improve Cervantes Street. Okay, let me, we'll, let me just you know, have some more decisions. There. I just know that this is going to be in somebody's head, and I want to make sure that we get a clear statement. Is right. there any future in which Mayor Reeves sees border fencing being built on Cervantes east of where it already is now, anywhere close to Bayou Tahar? Or is no, that a zero possibility in your opinion? Zero possibility okay. unless the next mayor does it. <laughs> that, well, that, can, and that's, and that's what I know people want to hear. So I just wanted to make sure that we got right. that message out really yeah. clearly. Um, uh, obviously, a big, big thing tomorrow night to sort of finalize the deal with American Magic, right? Yeah, very excited about that. We should actually have, uh, looks like we're going to have a skipper of the team in from Barcelona on Monday to execute the lease. And, uh, just a big step for us. We're still on track to get the building done, hopefully end of the year, uh, first part of next year when they're done with the, with the big race in Spain. But, uh, but very, very excited for this. We've talked many times about the transformational opportunity this could be, but, uh, but this is a tangible step. So uh, if council uh, approves it uh, tomorrow, then we've got a lease uh, in hand to, to get executed and, uh, and then the partnership for 10 years and maybe 20. Uh, is going to be formalized. Very good. Now, obviously, the thing that I've been talking a lot about and you you guys have been dealing a lot with is the demolition of the Malcolm Young gym, which for people who haven't been following this all that closely, a bunch of people showed up to protest the demolition, various folks from all different kinds of perspectives. The city council then voted six to one to go ahead with the demolition. 
some of those folks uh, filed a kind of a two-pronged uh, thwarting of that. Prong one is that they are saying that they want to pursue the petition process to overturn the decision by city council, which takes 60 days to get 4,000 or so signatures before we move to the next phase. Part two of that is that they want a temporary restraining order against the demolition of the building in order to give them time to accomplish the 4,000 signatures. Um, it seems, I mean, obviously, if they pursue this process, that's well within their charter rights as voters. Um why not give them the 60 days to see if they can come up with the $4,000? That seems like a fairly low-cost concession to see if there's enough momentum to change the decision by council. Well, uh, I'm not going to get into to the legal aspects of this. Certain, As you said, it says in the charter that they have the ability to do that. Uh, but the council and the administration also has the ability uh, to, to take a vote. And there was a vote that was 6-1. Um, and if we were to go into a precedent of which any time someone didn't like a vote that has no standing, uh, you know, could just do so. And then we stop government for 60 days. I don't know that that's the precedent um, that we want to set either. So, uh, look, they should pursue whatever's within their rights. They certainly have the right to do that. And, and so do we. And so uh, that's why I said I'm not going to comment on the merits of are we right or they right. We'll let the, the lawyers and the uh, you know courts decide that. Uh, but what I can tell you is we've taken a vote and, um, you know, this is where we are. And at the end of the day, this, this to me, um, you've heard me on your radio show time and time again talk about we've got to start taking care of the things that we have because there's been a philosophical issue with that for years of time. As we all know, uh, shutting down Bayblos Park, Malcolm Young, all these things where we have to start taking these things seriously. And, you know, the fact of the matter is uh, you know, that one of the petitioners, Councilwoman Hill, uh, in three times in 2020, took $715,000. That was earmarks from Malcolm Young. I mean, it was in LLSC. It was set to go. And they decided there was a more important project for them. And, uh, and so th- this is exactly a microcosm of what I'm talking about is, you know, th- they signed the death notice of Malcolm Young three, or, three and a half years ago when they said, never mind, it's not important to us. We're not going to fix it. If it had been fixed, we would have been right back in business. Instead, we kick the can down the road and we make it someone else's problem. And then now we're, we have some pearl clutching we're doing over the potential loss of a building that we signed away uh, three years ago. So that's, what the, that's the habit we have to get out of and not letting different projects jump the line because we might like them better or, or we might think it's more important. And I'm sure they have a great case for where they move the money, right? I mean, hey, we think this is a higher priority. But that doesn't relieve us of the consequence of, of, of letting a building dilapidate and be a $3 million fix now. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, that, that's, the decision was made in September and October of 2020 by Councilwoman Hill to, uh, to move that money somewhere else. And then now she's saying it's super important. So, um, you know, here we are. And, and hopefully, hopefully with Cobb Center, with Bay Bluffs, all these things that we've stopped in time, that, that we're going to be learning from those previous mistakes we've seen in previous councils. Somebody had asked me this question yesterday, and I did not know the answer to it, so I'm going to ask you. I know what you've talked about is demolishing the gym and then you know, contracting somehow for affordable housing that would carry a subsidy because the city would mm-hmm. own the property, and then managing that and provide what you're doing with the Pensacola Motor Lodge, which is all kinds of pro- projects you're kind of working on this front with. Um, my only question, well, the question the person asked was, how much would that property sell for, and would there be enough revenue in selling the property to fund the actual construction of a replacement gym somewhere? And I have no idea the answer to that, but I figured you would. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I do, and it appraised actually when they were when they spiked the seven hundred fifteen thousand when that council did that in two thousand twenty that twenty one that conversation came up. I, I just listened to it. It was a appraisal about just south of a million dollars, only ninety thousand dollars of which actually went to the building um, because of the state it was in three years ago. Um, so look. Here's the key. Why why would we not just sell it a surplus and then try to find another gym? Number one, uh, you know, nine hundred thousand is not going to be enough right. to fix the gym completely. And, you know, as it was, we'd be having a lot of different conversations. Second is the land is the subsidy for affordable housing. Understand, you know, people get upset with market rate developers or market rate units. Why aren't these affordable? The private market is not in charge of of building something for for one price and renting it to at a loss that 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 will never happen the government the someone has to step in or philanthropy someone has to step in and be the, the gap the subsidy between that so the dirt becomes the subsidy right and so then you say okay well and you're the taxes right also the, price, and the not having this to pay amount taxes. of time yeah it, it, it base and here's our give as the, the, the government is that you get this at a discount or or for a dollar i mean it just depends on what what you know is offered right and how how uh, deep of a discount it is so so it becomes a leverage piece for the city to be able to create housing that would otherwise not exist. Uh, because you can't, if you're going to wait around for the private market to do affordable housing and, and literally go to get a bank loan and then take a loss in default, that's not going to happen. So how, how, these are what we're – you see these projects, Andrew, the Motor Lodge, uh, Malcolm Young, Baptist Hospital. We're trying to figure out how to create affordability at scale, not one house at a time. But we've got to do these larger projects, or we'll never put a dent in trying to create places for people to live affordably in the city. So, so that's why we see Malcolm Young as an opportunity for that. We always like to end our conversation with the mayor by t- doing something light, frivolous, and uh, lightning. If we can do it quickly, we usually do. Uh, a lot of the times I draw these from our frivolous conversations we have at 835. First question for you today, what's something that you did as a kid that kids today can't or don't get allowed to do? Oh, I mean, that would, that's easy. Leave the house with no cell phone, you know, all day in the summer and like come back in 10 hours, you know, uh, yeah, I could never imagine yeah, my daughter doing that. And that's what we did all the time. On your cell phone. And I don't know if you have more than one or not. Maybe you have a city and a personal, I'm not sure, but, um, on your cell phone case, no case. What's your preference? Uh, case. And it, it's got some worn out corners, you know, I'm, I'm on the move. So, um, uh, but yeah. You know, it can't be too big a case. It's not the big, chunky one. It's the you know just enough to protect it. Okay, so fashionably uh, non-baggy pants, but still enough room to carry the case in clad uh, phone right. in your pocket, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Exactly. And last one. It's a bit of a gross one, but this is one of my favorite ones from the last week or two. Um, you're out walking the dog, and the dog has to create contents for the bag, okay? Uh, you put your hand in the bag, mm-hmm. you grab what's been left for you by the dog, and then you yeah. put it where it needs to go. Is your hand clean yes. at that point enough that you would say, I don't know, put a stick of gum in your mouth, or does that hand need to be washed first? I just don't trust it. I don't <laughs> trust that thin of plastic, Andrew. Um, you know, so I mean, but, but there's probably a, you know some chemists out there that will tell me I'm fine. I'm just saying, you know, I've, I'm I'm still going right into the sink in the house. I sure. think if uh, if you survey people, 99% of them will be on your side on this one. Mayor D.C. Reeves, Mayor Pensacola, look forward to the city council meeting tomorrow night. Thanks so much for the time this morning, sir. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, Andrew. Thanks so much.